0: This is Grilling at the Green After Hours with JT. It's the conversation
1: after the broadcast ended.
0: Hi everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Uh, We've got Gary Van Sickle with us today. Um if you didn't hear the regular show in its entirety, go back and listen to it. It's great stuff. And I want to pick up where we left off, Gary. Um so I'm in total agreement with you with the bifurification. I have been for a long time because all the examples that you cited that, you know, these guys, the pro guys, um, they're honed athletes. This is their job. They know what they're doing and they can get out there and and swat it 380 yards or whatever, you know, and do it. It it seems to me though and and we touched on this briefly in the show um the average joe golfer like myself, I need that extra 20 yards. You know, I I mean, I suppose I could go back and play it with a balata ball and that we didn't get it with, but I'm enjoying this now because it's making the the game more fun for me and and my scores don't mean anything to anybody except me or maybe the guys I'm playing with or you know something fun but i i just don't see where that those policies and rules of not doing that have benefited i think they've hindered us over the years
1: yeah i mean i, I- Going back to the late 90s and into the 2000s, I I refer to those as the golden years. Because in my 40s and into my early 50s. I got longer every year. Mm -hmm. It was freaking great. Now I'm at the age where I'm going the other direction and I'm just trying to find something. Forget about getting longer. I'm just trying to stop the decline. Yeah. You know, I work out, I do this and that. It's not working. I need technology to save me because I don't want to, go out and play old man golf, hit it, hit a 160-yard rope hook and hope it rolls 70 yards,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, baseball baseball has announced that, you know, revealed that they, they have slightly deadened the ball. They did something with the windings or whatever. To bring the ball back, you know, I think they said uh, the ball will fly like one to two to four feet less or something. Not going to make a lot of difference, but. You, you can't. Baseball is like golf. You just can't keep. You can't make the stadiums bigger. I mean, you can move those fences back ten feet maybe, but that's it. You got yeah. a stadium there. It ain't. It's not moving. And we should treat golf the same way. Besides the fact that it's messed up, messed up agronomy. You, you've got to mow that much more acreage. Now, nobody in the real world of golf has been lengthening golf courses for us amateurs because they don't need to. No. You know if a course plays shorter and easier. Nobody ever, one thing nobody ever said after they came off a round of golf and said, and they never say, you know, that course was too short. I shot 65. I hate it. (laughs) Nobody says that.
0: No, they've got that scorecard tacked on their bulletin board in their office. You know?
1: Yeah, you cannot get, there's a disconnect. You cannot get some of these macho guys to move up a key. Because if you do, you go up there, and next thing you know, you got 13 birdie putts in a round, and you're like, this is fun. Who cares what tea you played on? Right. But, you know, we run out of real estate and it's just not worth the trouble. And let's, let's get some bifurcation, put some skill back in the game. And I think even bigger is, uh, so I, you know, they didn't say how they're going to do it. I think they're going to do something with the ball. I think obviously, I think with the dimples, they can knock a percent or two off by having standardized larger dimples. I think they're going to do something about, um, Whatever the, the CT, which is uh, character time, mm-hmm. right? is that the word? The, uh, the amount of time the ball spends on the club face before it launches, is an infinitesimal num- number, tiny number. Right. But the longer it's there, the more power you get. So they're going to reduce that speed limit. We are basically going to cut the speed limit from 65 to 55 on when you make balls. So it's up to you, the ball maker, to figure out how to do that with your ball. Uh, and I think they're probably going to reduce club head size of drivers through the pros, maybe from 460 cc to 420. These are all just guesses. That's how I would do it if I was in charge. Sure. But again, you can't you can't you can't take anything away from us because you know for the last 10 years people are leaving the game in droves and nobody's coming in. It's easier to play. You, know, you spend 50 hours playing a video game, whatever it is. After 50 hours, you're an ace player you start playing golf after 50 hours, you still suck. <laughs> and the modern kids, there's no, they want to pay back. But honestly, we all want to pay back. I'm not going to blame this on millennials. They just got so many other options. Like, why do I want to play this game on am crummy at? You know, golf and, and bowling and uh, softball and maybe a little bit of tennis, those are the only things people play that they're lousy at but yet they still enjoy them. Sure. You know, tennis, you have to play somebody of an equal ability. You can enjoy it. If you're both crummy, although you spend all your time chasing the ball, retrieving it. But you know, what other sports do you play that you, when you're no good at it and people generally are no good at golf. The average male handicap is 16.4. The average woman's handicap is 29. You know, That's basically uh, that means the average guy doesn't break 90 most of the time. And the average woman doesn't break, uh, you know, it doesn't break a hundred or a hundred and five, right? Just golf isn't that fun. If you're taking 110 swings, i so, I don't care who you are. You better have some pretty darn, you better be playing with Cheryl Ladd and some people who are fun.
0: Oh yeah, I'll do that. Um, you know, back to what you said a little bit earlier in the show is we were talking about how the pandemic had helped give golf a banner year. The one thing I noticed here locally where I live, Okay, I can't say across the country, but a lot of people who had given up the game maybe in their 20s um, and, you know, got a career, got a family, got busy, whatever. And now they're either retired or semi retired or thinking about it Uh, in talking to a couple of the, the course general managers that I'm friends with. They were saying how a lot of those people were actually coming back to the game. But the but there is that, um, just what we were talking about is that uh, they get on the course with somebody that can you know powder it out there three hundred yards, and uh, you know they top every other shot because they they haven't played in a long time, and they're and and they want to play and they want to improve and they you know they want to have fun. I get that. Uh, I I think we should do something. Uh, and keeping it in mind, at least, when we are doing this, to encourage those people to stay with us, you know, keep playing. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's tough to mix good players and bad players. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's where we made a mistake. It, look, uh, Korea, South Korea's got the solution. I did a story a couple of years ago, on they call it screen golf, but we call it simulator golf. Screen golf in Korea is huge. They have, like, 600,000, 800,000 people to play it. It's like our golf leagues used to be. Guys get off of work there, and I say, guys—I mean men and women—they get off of work, they go right to the simulator place, start pounding down the beers, and they play golf leagues and simulators. Uh huh. The difference is, you know, they don't have that many courses in South Korea because the land is so valuable, but they've got some. So, you know, what happens is people learn how to play golf on a simulator, like by themselves or with somebody, and they're not—you know—you're not in anybody's way. Sure. When you get good enough then and only then do you venture out on a real golf course and you've already you know you've already an accomplished player of some regard or you can keep up and you're not in the way of better players this is where top golf succeeds and fails top golf is great you know top golf is like going to the bowling alley with the gutter guards you have the kid's birthday party the kids can throw it anywhere it doesn't matter Top golf, you go there, you top it, you hit it wherever. You don't got to chase it. You don't got to hit it again. Uh, give me, give me three more Miller Lights. Yep. You know, but they're doing that. But pop Golf has just about no forum for teaching players, teaching golfers. I mean, I, I know they got guys who are available for lessons, but that's that's not their purpose there. Their purpose there is to sell you a bunch of food and drink. And I don't think they give a, and I could be wrong on how many lessons they give, but you know, at 35, 40 bucks an hour, just to have a spot at Top Golf, and then you're going to pay the, the teacher another 80 bucks an hour. Yeah. You know, that... Top Golf is not it's not bringing people into the game. It's taking people who maybe might or might not ever play golf, and it's entertainment for them. So when people say Top Golf is, is great for golf, it's like, well, no, Top Golf is great for Top Golf. It's not helping golf courses i don't think it's taking too many customers away i know and i've written a story on top golf you can google my name and top golf and look it up but top golf is not for good players i go there and i want to work on my game and this and that well you've got reduced flight golf balls they're beat to hell they don't go straight even in fact they don't go as far uh i, I two of the two i've been to i wasn't allowed to hit driver or woods on either one and uh you know, you're paying by the minute, and then the little uh, automatic eye, when you hit a shot, you got to wave your club over the automatic eye for the ball to come up, and you wave it, nothing happens. You wave it, nothing. You know, you wave it eight times, and finally a ball comes up. Well, hey, time is money. If I'm paying by the minute, the ball should come up right
0: away. Sure.
1: And, the, and my big gripe is, the, and this, is, this has just been my experience, the top golfs I've been to, the employees here know nothing about golf. You know, I was, I was, you know, the guy, one of the guys working there heard that I was unhappy that I couldn't use my woods. He goes, oh, we got some woods here you can use. And they have some of these things you see like in a miniature golf course. Yeah. I looked at him and said, why would I want to use somebody else's clubs? And I was kind of angry. Well, i you know, I'm kind of barked at him. He like, oh, <laughs> I could see in his eyes. He had no idea what I was talking about. Right. I mean, he wouldn't know, oh, shaft clubs are different. He, would, he didn't know that. You work at Top Golf. We had a waitress there when my son and I went last year. And my son and his buddy qualified to play in a national Top Golf uh, team championship in Las Vegas. But we went there to get used to Top Golf. And this waitress kept coming over and she'd go right up to the screen. You know, my son's getting ready to hit a shot. Listen, uh, when we're checking out, we said, Yeah, we need, a t- we need our check. We're going to check out. And he's, he's ready to take a, club, take a swing on the thing. She steps right over the red line to go punch us out. It's like you just stepped into the kill zone. He was about to take a backswing, or one of us would be ready to hit. We're about ready to pull the trigger, and, and right in her backswing, she goes, "You guys need drinks? You okay?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm fine with the ambient noise, but when you you don't talk to somebody right while they're swinging right, this is that top golf. That my son analyzed it. Beth, at the end, he said, you know, for being about golf, top golf is about as far from golf as you can get. That said, it's great for non golfers or beginner golfers. You My, can go there and have fun. But it's not for me. Well, I have no interest in going there and hitting crummy golf balls that don't fly far enough. Uh, you know, if I was at a party, you'd be fine, but I'm not taking, you know, I'm just not going to make the effort. Oh, and I had a, you have to buy a $5 lifetime pass. Well, I've had to buy two so far. If they had no record of the first one. I thought, well, it's not much of a lifetime—four years. I mean, gee, uh,
0: yeah. So
1: I have a lot of gripes about Top Golf, but they're wildly successful, and to like me, I don't know why.
0: Well, I, I think, I think the reason why is that, like my good buddy, we went to college together. We play golf together when we can. Schedules, you know, mesh and all that. He's got two little grandsons. They're yep. six and four or something, and he likes to take him to Top Top Golf. Cause you know they're they're not actually going to hit the ball very well, but they don't care. They're just there with their grandpa. They're having a pizza or whatever they're eating, and they're uh, hitting some balls at the big circles. And there you go. And they're having a blast.
1: Yeah, it, it's family. It's a family entertainment, and you know, family entertainment is a is a lost art. I mean, yeah. My family, when I was young, we used to go bowl a few games. I don't think anybody does that anymore. I mean, a lot of family activities are by the wayside for assorted reasons, but it's a family activity and that, that's what makes it successful. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it it is. And um, I think it serves that purpose. But for like what you were talking about to go, you know, work on your wedges or something, probably not the best place in the world. Well.
1: Yeah. Why, why even go for the target at 210 yards or whatever it is? Because there's no, even if you hit a good shot, the ball doesn't, the ball's so out around it's not going to fly there. And it's got right. a computer chip in it or whatever. It's, 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 it's hopeless. So it's got a lot of problems, but it's fun. It's good, clean fun for the whole family. And then mom and dad can get some alcohol. It's great.
0: There you go. So the one thing we didn't talk about in the regular show, which we normally talk a little bit about, is our buddy Tiger. Uh, he has a. Ooh. Wait, wait, who? El Tigre, <laughs> the ghost. You know the the name.
1: The name is familiar. I just can't place him. Yeah, well, you haven't is, seen. Is him. he friends with Bryson DeChambeau, the king of golf?
0: Uh, only in the commercials when they're getting paid. I think I'm. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny how Bryson. Bryson now is the most talked about golfer. Uh, and who had a commercial during the Super? Who appeared in a commercial during the Super Bowl? Yeah, Bryson I didn't see Tiger. But I uh, saw Bryson DeChambeau.
0: Yeah, and he was with Tom Selleck so, and uh, yeah uh, Suki it from any, s- Jersey yeah, Shore. Didn't make
1: any sense. Didn't make any sense, but there he was. So he's the guy who has people talking. Yeah, Tiger's. Uh, you know, I wrote after he won victory number eighty-two over in Japan. I wrote something that, well, here's the path of Tiger to nineteen majors because you look at the majors that were coming up. Like Torrey Pines and places he's played well, sure. it's like it just wouldn't be hard for him to get to win four more. And I said nineteen instead of eighteen because Tiger didn't grow up saying, "I hope I can tie Jack Nicklaus."
0: Yeah, that didn't. He happen. grew up
1: saying, "I want to get, I want to beat Jack Nicklaus." So I said nineteen, but it was all it all hinged on if he stays healthy. And I think what we've seen this past year and a half is this guy can't stay healthy, and there's no chance he's going to stay healthy. And if he does get healthy, it'll last about three weeks and it better be a major that schedule that week. It, I mean, you know, he might be able to steal one or, you know, steal a victory somewhere or steal a major, but he just doesn't look like a guy whose back is going to allow him to play competitive golf against Bryson DeChambeau and some of these other guys who have come up. I mean, it's, right. the competition's tougher now, I think, than when Tiger was in his prime. It, there's more guys. And, you know, Just briefly going back to the distance. One last thing, the distance thing, I think the seminal moment was at Wingfoot on Sunday in the ninth hole, the par five. DeChambeau, you know, he put on 40 pounds. He went to the weight room, drinks eight protein shakes a day, did all this stuff for how many months, changed his swing. He hits a 374-yard drive in the fairway. He's playing in the final group with Matthew Wolf, who's like 5'11", 5'10". Matthew Wolf has done none of those things get hit it longer. Matthew Wolf hit it 388 yards in the fairway. <laughs> so we're talking about oh uh, DeChambeau is changing golf. Well, no, nobody else is going to do what he did. Because but there's a lot of guys like Matthew Wolf out there, not a lot like him, but there's a lot of guys who can hit a 330. Uh-huh. He, he didn't do anything and he's hitting the 380. He didn't do anything, he's happy Gilmore. He didn't do anything, he's hitting the 380. And I think in the at, at storied storied wingfoot, which made look like a pitching pot even with the rough, I think that's what the USGA said Uh oh, oh crap. Now we you know now we have to get off our butts and do something. Right. Look at that. Right. eighty eight to three seventy four on that hole. And that's when oh my god, this game is this course this, this course golf courses are obsolete for these guys. Yeah. So but yeah, uh the Tigers you know, he was, a, he was the guy who did that with Augusta, you know, he, he showed up in 97 and, uh, I think the longest club he hit into a green that wasn't a par five was like an eight iron, you know, right. and he hit some five irons into some par five greens and they tiger proofed it by making it longer. Of course, we all know if they wanted to tiger proof, it they should have made it shorter. So everybody could reach the par five, right? And Not just the tiger, but they were smart. Augusta was out of the curve. They moved, they, they lengthened the course. They, I mean, they bought land across the road. It's only a matter of time before, you know, they move the fences across the road and, you know, totally redo some of those holes on the front nine. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote a story for Sports Illustrated on, you know, one crazy idea where I thought you could move the tee up on one where it used to be had these guys hit it up over the top of the plateau, almost to where the green is. And then the, the green would be, down a big hill across the Berkman's road into the, where the parking lot used to be, but of course they put some buildings up. So none of that probably worked, but yeah, they've, uh, Augusta national is the one place that's kind of been ahead of the curve. Uh, In addition to, you know, Aaron Hills, of course, Milwaukee that hosted the us open. They built that with the back tees. I think originally were around 8,200 yards. And once a year, they have a little outing and guys play the tips. I don't think anybody's shot better than like 73. Something like that, but, Sure. yeah, golf courses are too short. And Tiger started it all, and he started the fitness craze. But I'm afraid, uh, you know, I, I just don't think unless he gets magically healthy, I don't see him being competitive again. I mean, have you seen anything? I I, I haven't. I, just, I haven't. He, he's so he so gingerly picks that ball out of the cup, and it's always you know, he always bends with the, the one leg, not the other one. Uh, he's I, I'm you know if I was him, honestly, I I don't know the details of his back. Obviously, I him I would probably just say, you know, I want to be able to do stuff when I'm 60. I've won everything I can win. I'm done. I'm not going to wreck my back. I want to be able to play catch with my kid or whatever. So right. I, would, I would retire and, you know, he could probably be a golf announcer if he wanted to because he he'd be like Johnny Miller. He could be. He can say anything he wants. He's done it all. Yeah. Nobody can argue with him.
0: Yeah. Now, now you were talking about, you know longevity and different things like that kind of weaved into our conversation at uh, Waste Management Phoenix. The guy I was impressed with, Steve Stricker. Here's a guy, 54 years old. I know that course. You know, it's no cakewalk, but it's not like some of the courses they play, but he's in the, you know, he was leading the thing off and on a little bit the first couple days, but um, I was really impressed. And he took that course apart just like he always did. Stricker was never a huge, huge bomber or anything, but he's, to me, he was always kind of mechanically, I'm going to put one here, I'm going to put one there. That's my approach. I'm going to, you know, put whatever. And I was just, it was good to see him. I've always liked Stricker. Uh, his, I don't know him. I've never talked to him, but I always liked the way he played last week especially the last few years. And I was just impressed that he held in there.
1: Yeah. I hate to say I've known him since he was a teenager. Cause I was back. A, I was a golf writer, sports writer at the Milwaukee journal when I started out and I caught his career amateur career. And I covered him a lot when he was on the tour, it took him, it took him a while. He had to go back to, he couldn't get through second stage of Q school.
0: Yeah. I remember times. that
1: times much less, much less final stage, but he's always been a, you know, great putter. Good chipper, good with a wedge, and he, he got a swing figured out over the years. I mean, he's become a really good, you know, five, six iron and above. He's really good with those clubs. I love a swing with a pitching wedge. I mean, it's just like it's one piece. He, nothing moves. And you, and you watch him, and you're thinking, how does, how can he ever miss a wedge? I mean, yeah. he, he can't, and he doesn't. And if you look at the stats for Phoenix, I saw this on Golf Channel. Uh, the guys who uh, I think proximity to the pin are – ball approach uh, shots, the stat up strokes gained approaching the green. That's what it was. So basically your iron play, the guys who are the good iron players are what wins in Phoenix, not the longest hitter or right. the best putter, but the guys who give themselves good, good putts. And, uh, and that fits him and he can, you know, and he, he stayed young. He's, he's fit. Um, he's got, he's got good genes. I mean, he's 53 and, I don't really remember him having much in the way injuries the last couple of years. He, I think, he had a hip that bothered him, but he walks and he, you know you see him walking around. He looks like a thirty five year old, as long as you don't take his cap off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so he's got that uh, he's got that youthful gene, and he's a super nice guy. He's as nice a guy as you meet.
0: Yeah, I love- to have.
1: You know, I, I I didn't know. I was surprised he took the Ryder Cup job because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who can say no to anybody. Uh, is he really going to tell phil or somebody you're sitting down i mean he seems too nice to be the captain but he's a guy to root for it was fun to see him uh i think he tied for third or tied for fourth he had a, a great fourth, week
0: and fourth yeah
1: he, he was just he was just out there playing because uh, he can hang out and keep an eye on the on the potential guys on the Ryder cup team and it gives him, him an excuse to not play the senior tour which he he probably would rather do, because winning is fun. He knows he's not going to win on the regular tour, but he's got to do his Ryder Cup job. He takes that seriously. No, that was fun. He's he's one of those guys who stays young forever. I mean, kind of like Phil. Phil's really had to work at it, but he's not playing great, but he still plays great for a 51-year-old.
0: Oh, yeah, he does.
1: Yeah, he does. If he was out on the senior tour, he would dominate, but, you know, that's no fun for Phil. He, he want, There's no glory in that. I mean, honestly, the PGA Tour champions; those guys can't get arrested. They're they're on TV. Who knows when? Uh, right. You know, they're just they don't get any attention. And Phil, you know, Phil can't have that. Well, you gotta have some attention. It's gotta it's gotta count.
0: You know, we saw that up here when um when it was Jacobson's Peter's party up here, the Fred Meyer Challenge, and all that. They got a lot of media, and they brought in a lot of sports figures. And, and media people and they played and it was kind of a pro-am thing the whole way through and and that was fine when it converted away from that into just a senior tour stop you couldn't find 50 people out there watching no you no. know it was really-
1: you know and it, if, if you're a spectator senior tournaments are a It's a great day at the course. It's a fun experience. You can get up close. You know, people aren't in your way. You can see everything. Sure. But, you know, the tournaments don't really matter. Nobody cares. They don't have any relevance. They got five majors. And really, other than the senior PGA and the senior Open, you know, that's about really all they got. Right. Uh, But even if you win those, kind of so what? You know, it's just, it only worked when you had the big three, Palmer, Nicholas, and Player, and then Trevino. You know, and, but, you know, Hal Irwin went on and uh, buried the, buried the victory record and then Langer's win. but you know, nobody cares. They, you know, and used to, and, when they were on ESPN, they did okay. But once they, since they got off ESPN, man, they dropped out of sight. Yep. And part of that also was when Tiger arrived, women's golf and senior golf was blotted. You know, he was the, he blotted out the sun. Yes. Nobody else could get any sunshine and because of Tiger. So, uh, you know, it's all conspired to make senior golf an afterthought. I I, I know the tour, it doesn't make money. The tour, propping up that tour to the tune of twenty or thirty million a year. Sure, but it's good. It's good business for their members, and so they do it. And they got more money than they know what to do with. So
0: good for them. Yeah, they're not they're not uh, looking for second mortgages. You know that type of thing.
1: Yeah, most of most of them aren't. They're only the only a handful of club pros, and they've made it so tough for club pros to get out there. And and even you know even the other guys, you know. The, you know, if you finish top ten in a you know senior event, it doesn't get you in the next week. You get nothing. Right. You get a check, but you don't get in the next week. It's hard to play your way in out there. Yeah, it is. You it better is. win, otherwise you're not going to get exempt. And only 32 guys are exempt because it's supposed to be a showcase for the most famous guys. Well, so I've got Kirk Triplett and Scott McCarron and you know all the other quote big names unquote.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, those those guys have all been riding in the same Winnebago for 30 years, so so to speak you know yeah uh, basically yeah anyway um Gary thanks man it's been great as always i love talking to you i mean i I'm, I'm serious about that i always look forward to doing the interviews with you because they're always so much fun they and, and and insightful good job y-
1: y- hey you read that note card exactly as i wrote it and my check will be in the mail for
0: that. thanks i appreciate that i appreciate that i got a car payment coming up in a couple weeks so it'll work out perfect
1: well uh- well, there aren't that many zeros, man.
0: Don't, don't get crazy. <laughs> All right. Let me, uh, let me say goodbye to everybody, and then we can chat. All right, people, thanks for listening this week. For Gary Van Sickle and myself, uh, we appreciate you being with us today. Um, be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Take care.